Kyle Sondland and Herbert Konings are founding partners for Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Hello and welcome back to the Security Token Show. I'm your host, Herbert Koenig, and of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Salen. And we're here coming from you from sunny Miami, Florida, with the latest and greatest, everything you need to know from the Security Token space. But first, we have to give you a message from our sponsors who make this show possible. Thank you so much to Actionarian, who provides a platform for issuing, managing, and trading tokenized shares blockchain technology people. It's never before enabled a direct market between companies and investors like it does today. And now the blockchain serves as the distributed ledger to bring it all together. Their solution for continuous fundraising, straightforward employee participation, and active community involvement, including stakeholder engagement, consists of a tool set that leverages that distributed ledger technology and Swiss law. Relying on the blockchain not only helps them simplify the secure transfer of securities, but also renders a lot of those middlemen, those intermediaries, obsolete. This leads to a reduced cost of capital as well as greater operational independence. Thank you very much to Actionariat. They are based in Switzerland. They are in our data partnership network. We wanted to give them a huge shout out for all the great things they're doing. A couple hundred million dollars worth of tokenized assets already and more to come. Absolutely. No joke. They're just getting started. Keep an eye out on them. Of course, let's get right into the show now, Kyle, with our top five things that you need to know. And starting off our number one thing you need to know happening right now, a big announcement, September 14th, the official date that XY Labs is coming to T0 for trading. Another asset listed on T0, another one for the industry. Super exciting stuff. Also because XY Labs had a successful Reg A plus for over $22 million. Uh, and it's the, the parent company behind XYO, which is a Web3 architecture firm. So another big thing for the security token industry. Blockchain startup equity. This is a new frontier for T0. Exciting to see what they can expand that. And number two, we have Apex, which is a large asset manager and fund platform. They have a blockchain-based valuation service they're offering to their clients based off of the Invenium platform. Invenium uses private asset research and data to be able to provide investment opportunities and insights into those markets. Now, Apex, who led their $25 million round, by the way, is also providing Invenium services to their clients. And they have $3 trillion in assets under management. This is a big firm. That's no joke. Valuation as service, a new thing people should keep an eye out for securities. Next, we got number three. We're going to head down over to Colombia. We've got the IDB, that's the Interdevelopment Bank, as well as Bank da Vivienda. They have teamed up to do a corporate, or no, a, uh, a government bond or a corporate bond? A corporate bond. A corporate bond for 110 million Colombian pesos. Wow. About $25,000. Right. Uh, but still a classic use case, a case study between multiple banks, private and public sectors coctors coming together for a end-to-end on-chain issuance of this bond 
Of course, they're going to cite the publishing and publish the results, which I have no doubt is in line with everybody else's, which is there are multiple savings. It was better. It was more accessible. I will, of course, keep you updated. This was done in the Colombian government's test net sandbox infrastructure, similar to what we've seen in other countries like Singapore. So great for Colombia. And number four, we have the South Korean government embracing security token regulation. Their Financial Services Commission, the FSC, has come out saying that they have plans to modify the current electronic securities framework to account for digital blockchain-based securities. This is a big news, folks, because of course, these are the same assets. They should be treated the same way. We should just be able to use blockchains as the ledger that tracks transactions. It's, it's exactly what blockchain does. Great to see South Korea embracing the same vision. We'll see those guidelines before the end of 2022. And I got to say that puts them ahead of the U.S. when it comes to defining specifically blockchain-based securities. And that has also been the same in our world tour coming to an end for number five in Germany, where they have effectively passed a law that allows you to uh, leverage blockchain-based fund units in order to track the interest in the fund. A uh, similar line, instead of stocks, we're now talking about funds, but they needed a specific law that officially they call the crypto FAV law with a K, uh, but it's been effective actually since June 18 of 2022. So now we can hopefully see more tokenized funds coming out of Germany. And with that, let's get into the industry news. Hello, and welcome to the industry updates. First up, we have Bank to the Future, which submitted a letter of intent or LOI to acquire SALT, a crypto lender, in an effort to reshape crypto lending. CEO Simon Dixon said, we want to offer an option for distressed lending companies that may not be able to come out of bankruptcy due to regulatory issues. We have prior experience supporting our sector to recover swiftly with our involvement in the Bitfinex exchange hack recovery in 2016. Now, this acquisition is just pending regulatory approval and the final signing of definitive agreements. Next, we have Shift Pixie a Nasdaq-listed national staffing enterprise that announced its plans to dual-list their shares on Upstream, a digital securities platform powered by our friends over at Merge in the Seychelles. Now, their market cap currently sits at $585 million, and ShiftPixie believes that the dual listing will provide access to a global digital-first investor base that can trade both traditionally and using USDC. Now, this week's third industry update comes from Entoro and InvestaX. They are partnering up to offer investment opportunities at a more global scale. Entoro will expand its distribution to Asia via InvestaX, and Asian opportunities will be offered to U.S. investors via Entoro's platform. Congratulations to both Jim Rowe and Julian Kwan and the respective teams on this joint venture. Now, last but not least, we have Ovenue, a security token advisor's client and now vendor. Ovenue is providing real-world asset valuation, tokenization, and monetization using its proprietary AI-based valuation engine along with its advanced blockchain solutions. The proprietary process includes all steps needed to identify and evaluate an asset all the way to trading it using their open marketplace, OCommerce. OCommerce can support direct sale, licensing, asset collateralization for future financing, including Ovenue Finance and balance sheet enhancement, among other features. Congratulations are in order for Andre and the team. We're proud to be working with you. Now that's all for this week. Happy tokenizing. Hello and welcome back to the Security Token Show. This week, I'm here to give two updates, so let's go ahead and get into it. First up, we have news from IBD Group and Davivianda Bank. Together, they have issued Columbia's 
first blockchain bond. This is a $110 million bond, and it is a pilot project developed within the financial superintendents of Columbia's Sandbox for Regulatory Innovation. This pilot was spearheaded by the multidisciplinary team from Divivienda Bank, IBD Group, SFC, Bank of the Republic of Colombia, and LAC Chain. Together, they successfully issued the first blockchain bond in Latin America and the Caribbean as a pilot project within Colombia's regulatory innovation sandbox, as I mentioned. The process of authorization, initial registration, and subsequent cancellation of the bond, as well as the issue trading and payment registration, and compliance of the bond were done entirely on the blockchain. This bond has a total issue size of $110 million and was purchased by the IBD Invest through a transaction conducted on the LAC chain network. The Bank of the Republic of Colombia, which is the country's central bank, and the financial superintendents of Colombia supervised the entire process of the bond trading and compliance cycles. This project is exciting for promoting and encouraging the use of decentralized finance in Colombia. For more information on this, head over to ibdinvest.org. Next up, we have Elixicure, a maker of plant-based wellness projects, and they have chosen Texture Capital as a placement agent for their $2.5 million security token offering. The founders of Elixicure aim to end the endless cycle of over-prescription of harmful drugs. The brothers who have lived a plant-based lifestyle began their quest for high-quality organic pain relief options without the chemical additives. Elixicure was formed to create affordable, high-quality plant-based nutritional products made with organic ingredients and no added chemicals. Elixicure is currently distributed through Amazon, Walmart, and they plan to work for a national rollout within 7-Eleven after a successful pilot program. McKinsey estimates that the global wellness market has an addressable market of more than $1.5 trillion, with an annual growth of 5 to 10%. For more information on the Elixir listing, you can head over to Texture Capital and find the listing on their website. That is all for this week. I'll see you next Monday for further updates in the tokenization space, but now let's send it over to Sam Sachs for his always thrilling market update. Hello and happy Monday! The security token market cap begins the week up, trading at a total valuation of $17.79 billion. INX Limited is the big winner of the week, up over 15% to $0.70 per token. Franklin Templeton is set to offer cryptocurrency-focused, separately managed accounts, or SMAs, to investment professionals for the first time. The move is the latest example of a traditional finance giant diving into digital assets, despite the ongoing bear market. Separately managed accounts are sometimes favored by institutional investors over commingled funds because they come with customized strategy and risk profiles, as well as instant liquidity. The launches follow Franklin Templeton's strategic investment in SMA platform Eaglebrook Advisors in April. The $1.4 trillion asset manager first crypto strategies will be available to financial advisors and wealth managers working with U.S. investors via Eaglebrook's turnkey platform by mid-October. And trading of the XY Labs Class A common stock on T0's ATS will commence on September 14th, 2022, just a week away. Since 2012, XY Labs has been building IoT or Internet of Things technology to power geolocation around the world. In 2018, they founded XYO, the blockchain oracle network that collects and validates geospatial data trustedly and anonymously. XYO, along with their smash hit mobile app, Coin, now boasts an incentive-driven network of over 3 million IoT devices 
devices, making it one of the largest blockchain networks ever built. And that's all for now. But have an amazing rest of your week, and I'll see you next Monday. Wakey, wakey. Welcome to Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Bankoff. Bloomingdale's is making major metaverse moves with a new virtual store. Bloomingdale's virtual store will feature collections from brands like Polo Ralph Lauren, Marc Jacobs, Your Men, MCM, and Baccarat. Saying that the possibilities of the department store can offer in the future is endless and not limited to physical space. The company says creating a presence in the metaverse now is about leaning in on multi-generational customers and providing new experiences based on how differently each generation prefers to shop. Next, Puma reveals its first ever metaverse experience with exclusive entities at the New York Fashion Week. The experience began with visitors entering a crazy real digital lobby space with three separate portals. The first two portals unveiled exclusive never-before-seen Nitro NFTs, with Fast Choice sneakers linked to Puma's recent NFT Nitro Pass Mint. Those who minted a Nitro Pass can receive two NFTs, one tied to physical products, and one unlocks a customized experience linked to their chosen shoe. Following the future great show, minters can claim their physical sneakers by burning their product claimed NFT. Moving forward, South Korean TV network partners with a metaverse gaming platform, The Sandbox. NBC will create its Sangon office building and production studios in the virtual space along with other metaverse original content for users of The Sandbox. The Sandbox has partnered with a lot of South Korean-based entities, including local entertainment giants CJ and major K-pop agencies SM and Cube Entertainment. Last year, NBC incorporated metaverse avatars for non-celebrity judges for the mass talent. Next, Ford files 19 crypto-related trademark applications. The applications were filed based on Section 1B, indicating an intent to use. These proposed application models include downloadable multimedia files containing text, audio, and such like the authenticated by NFTs. Downloadable virtual goods that have the likeness of automobiles in the form of programs in the metaverse and NFT promotions in the metaverse. Also, the use of non-downloadable virtual vehicles for entertainment purposes. That was Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Vanko. And moving into our companies of the week, this is my favorite segment. We're talking about the two companies that caught Herwig and my eye because they were making the biggest moves in the industry. We wanted to give them a special shout out. And Herwig, I'm gonna roll right into it here with my company of the week. Do it. The Inter-American Development Bank, the IDB Group, specifically because they have a few other little portfolio ventures that they're building alongside the actual bank itself. And why are they my company of the week? Because they worked alongside WVNDA Bank to launch a tokenized bond in Colombia. They are working inside of the Colombian regulatory sandbox that's licensed or, or approved by the regulators. And they issued a fully tested blockchain-based bond from origination all the way through to execution and then into closure. Everything's happening on a distributed ledger. It's all being tested and experimented upon. It's a small amount. It's about 110 million 
Colombian pesos, which is about 25,000 US dollars. So it is a small debt. This is just for a test run, but provided that they have a successful pilot, we could definitely see this being used in the future. For that reason, IDB really underwriting this deal as well as facilitating the entire execution. They get so much credit from me. So shout out to IDB Group for pioneering blockchain-based instruments in Latin America. That's absolutely a great choice, Kyle. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, they are also using the Colombian sandbox environment. So this also means that the regulators closely had an eye on this as opposed to we're being removed and watching this all unfold. So it can only mean good things both for the industry in Colombia, but also maybe for the legislation in Colombia. Now that they have some case studies and some proof to point to, they might go ahead and issue some legislation around security tokens, which is always a good thing. Absolutely correct. How about you? Well, I got to give my company of the week to Ovenu. Now, Ovenu, formerly IPEX, uh, which by the way, fun fact, stands for Opportunity and Revenue, Ovenu, uh, is my company of the week because not only of our partners with STA and full disclosure, they were a client of ours, uh, but it's because of the service that they're providing. We may have heard it earlier from the top two, uh, number two announcement between Invenium and Apex. They were providing valuation as a service. They were focusing on real estate and private equity. OvenU goes a step further and says we can provide valuation as a service for just about any asset. And this type of Oracle information is going to be critical for assets and securities in general, especially when they're tokenized. We can now cite this data on chain and leverage that for our trading purposes and asset information purposes. So for that reason, I have to give OvenU my company of the week because I think you're going to be a critical part of this industry to come. Absolutely. Valuations and providing transparency on the underlying assets is so important to get any real investor to actually look at any of these yeah. deals, right? Like you can't just have fluff. You need the real financials. Everyone line. always talks about what's the market value. It could go up and down, but the market value is usually tied to a book value. Where does that book mm -hmm. value come from? It's got to come from an appraisal. It's got to come from a third party. In this case, it'll probably come from Oven you. Absolutely right. Let's jump into our main topic. Well, let's do it. Gary Gensler. The chairman of the SEC, this man is the police chief of financial regulations and crimes for that matter in the United States, the most powerful ecosystem for financial assets in the world, the largest economy in the world. This guy has a lot of say about what's going on. And certainly over the last couple of years, it's been very, very relevant with regards to the crypto and digital assets industries between stable coins, and cryptocurrencies and illegal securities and registered and legal security tokens. He certainly has had his plate full with all kinds of new assets that are coming to market that has forced regulators to come listen to the music with regards to this innovation. And it's caused a real war between different regulators around the world, as well as inside of each country around who has jurisdiction over these different types of assets. This has been a saga we've covered for months and years here on the Security Token Show, but we're getting some new updates. And today we're here to talk all about some of the things that Gensler did say, as well as some of the things that he didn't say that have big implications for the industry. This is our main topic for the Security Token Show. Yes, Gary Gensler. A well-known proponent, actually a, a previous professor at MIT on blockchain technology. So definitely don't think that this is someone who is maybe out of touch trying to do something different. He's very well, keenly aware of what this technology does, what it means, and how the crypto markets work. Uh, and in fact... Uh, we've seen over the last several years with his reign where he has been leading towards in terms of his stance on crypto, 
In fact, on the 8th of September, he recently gave a speech in Washington, D.C. that we're going to kind of dive into. But one thing is very clear that I have to make sure our viewers are aware of. You know, just because he is the head of the SEC, the chairman, does not mean that his opinions are the rule or the law. The SEC is here to enforce the securities laws, and they have done so continuously going after enforcement actions against crypto where they believe they have a case. But Gary is not here to write the rules or create the rules. He has some flexibility within the SEC to perhaps give him some authority and some capability. But at the end of the day, it comes down to Congress uh, to also participate in this. And that's actually why we've had such a lack of clarity in this space. That's why we see infighting between other uh, government agencies like the CFTC, uh, who both have hotly debated on the topic of Bitcoin and what is its status? Is it a commodity? Hence, it falls under the CFTC. Or is it a security? Hence, it falls under the SEC. Only then is the domain officially assigned as to who is going to regulate and enforce it. And crypto being a very broad you know, technology and application, it's really easy to try to be like, hey, we want to you know, govern all of crypto. But at the end of the day, a token can be many things. It can be both a security right. as well as other things, and therefore other agencies can, can get involved. Today, Kyle, I think we should dive into exactly what we think the SEC uh, believes uh, they're going to be going forward under Gary's uh, guidance, but also what they've been doing, what we know the facts, such as let's talk about this year, just their growth in their crypto division. Yeah, they've hired a ton of staff. They've really begun to crack down, not only on the issuance and sale of securities, but also some of the business practices that some of the largest crypto lenders and other financial service providers in the crypto economy have been doing. The SEC has become very active, very interested in learning more about how these things go. And they've also been very tight gripped around approving ETFs and other more mature financial products that crypto proponents would argue are what is actually holding the industry back by preventing any actual mainstream adoption, you're also then clipping the wings of the industry. So there's kind of this, this constant back and forth. But recently, we had what we can only maybe kind of, as for the fun of talking about Gary's war against crypto, he offered a proposal, a proposal not only to the people, but to the CFTC, the Commodities and Futures Trading Commission. They govern all of the commodities. Think of, of rare earth metals. Think of futures contracts with agriculture, all of that kind of stuff. Some people would argue Bitcoin is a commodity, and it seems like Gensler agrees. It would look like so based on his latest speech, and he's referenced it in the past. This is the only cryptocurrency that Mr. Gensler has ever identified as something that he considers could be a commodity. He most often never admitted it. It seems like in this latest speech, and as to many uh, around the world in the crypto space uh, to say, hey, look at this. The SEC is giving up on, on Bitcoin. They're officially saying it's a commodity. This is Digital gold. News. It was kind Digital of used original value proposition. So this is a potentially big, big win for Bitcoin. But we think that this is just a small step, a small skirmish in the big war. Uh, and one that uh, Mr. Gensler, we think, is willing to lose in this case uh, for Bitcoin, but in the greater name of claiming all of crypto under his domain. In mm. fact, he referenced in that same speech that he believed over 10,000 pretty much all of the other coins that have come into existence under blockchain to be securities and that they are at risk of falling in line. And we've also seen in the past that he has expressed interest in bringing all 
financial markets, crypto exchanges, et cetera, into the securities fold. This would mean that Coinbase, Kraken, Binance, wherever you like to trade on, they would have to be uh, compliant like a stock exchange, which means far more regulation, compliance, and rules for them to follow. Definitely will affect your user experience, potentially costs, and all kinds of other things. I'm not here to make an opinion on any of those things. This is, of course, a, a, a viewpoint of the SEC's chairman. Uh, but he is recognizing and gave a kind of interesting analogy to when the SEC first formed in the 1930s under the Exchange Act and under the Securities Act to basically bring into compliance the Wild West that existed back then. Uh, and of course, today we see a little bit of a Wild West in the crypto world uh, almost 100 years later. And he said that back then they thought that there was a chance that securities markets would explode because the SEC would require everyone to come into compliance. And as a result, no one would do it. The markets would shrivel up and dry up and there would be no more market to exist. Maybe it would go elsewhere around the world. This, of course, didn't happen. He says that everybody came into compliance very quickly and that the markets in the U.S. thrived as a result of these laws, of this regulation, of these rules. So there is a similar pitch by Gary Gensler to say, hey, if we have these same rules, if we require everybody to follow into compliance, they've worked for 90 years, they made the markets as great as they are today, we can do the same thing for cryptocurrency. He might even say it's a good thing for cryptocurrency. And many people may agree with this stance. They may feel that, yes, you know, Bitcoin seems to have reached a specific point where it is viewed as a commodity, maybe because of enough decentralization, maybe just because of the fact that it's proof of work potentially is one of those signals that makes it look like there's no staking, no yield attached, anything like that. There's a many different reasons why you may see Bitcoin as a commodity and why you may see a lot of the cryptos outside of Bitcoin as securities, considering how they were sold, considering how they act, how they function, and all those things. But I think that even the most, the biggest proponents of in favor of what Gensler has been saying, may feel like just noting Bitcoin as a commodity may not be enough. Some people feel, and many agree, that a harder line may need to be drawn in the sand. What exactly makes Bitcoin not a security? Is it because of the way that it was sold, as we mentioned? Is it because of the way that it is the consensus works, how it's distributed, who holds it? It's what, decentralized. What are those pieces that the SEC is looking at to suggest that it is a commodity versus the other ones? Obviously, we understand why they wouldn't want to necessarily have to put themselves into a box to commit to some of those things. But that's where I think when people say we need more regulatory clarity, it actually matters less about what they say in terms of how it's actually going to be implemented and more about what is exactly the criteria that they're looking for so that others can follow suit. That's been the attraction for security tokens, for example, because of the fact that you can follow all of the traditional securities laws, as long as you follow those things, you can then innovate with the other pieces, right? With the pieces where they don't really care because you've taken the steps from a, to do a compliant fundraise, because you've given investors protection from taking risk then you can take risk because you've provided your investors with proper protections and you've denoted that there is risk associated, right? So there are all different types of things that we can do, but I think that just declaring Bitcoin a commodity just willy-nilly may not be enough. Instead, describing what makes it look like a commodity at least would provide the industry more guidance for the future for additional issuances or for projects that haven't yet launched a token to begin to try to work towards building something that does fit that commodity standard. So maybe either it comes from Gensler 
Or if Gensler does give it to the, uh, the CFTC, potentially then we would see the CFTC draw its conclusions around what makes Bitcoin a security, allowing people to follow on that path. But I think that that is still needed from either side or hopefully from both to come to an agreement around what is a commodity and what is a security Absolutely. itself. It's that gray area that we find high profile cases like Ripple in the thick of it because they have no idea what's happening. You have entrepreneurs, inventors, creators who have this technology available to issue tokens uh, very easily without a cord, without necessarily any compliance associated to it. And this is a concern for the SEC, especially when they believe most of these coins end up as securities. And now we have this willy-nilly gray area of, okay, I got to take a risk to issue my token. I don't know if it's going to get defined in any which way as a commodity, a security, or something else. But if you're you know, ambitious enough or you want to see it come to life, you're going to move forward because there aren't any clear rules even to begin with other than to be as conservative as possible, which is to follow securities laws in the first place, which we've seen several uh, tokens, crypto tokens in the past do in order to stay compliant and avoid such a concern. So anyway, there's definitely no great answer here other than legislation is what really creates this clarity. Otherwise, it's going to be a precedent and a war between the industry and the agencies that are fighting to control. Right. Now, this is a fascinating development because Gensler really, it seems like, is offering Bitcoin as his negotiating piece, his real bargaining chip. We'll see what the CFTC responds, because as far as we understand, they still feel that that may not be enough. So this is at least where we're starting, potentially something of a compromise to define these things, maybe what we see in the future, but at the very least, it looks pretty good for Bitcoin. And for those of you hoping that there's similar news for Ethereum, I don't think so. Especially uh, now with proof of stake coming, that adds a whole new can of worms. We will have to look at that one as we get closer to that upgrade. But with that, hopefully you learned something from this main topic. Uh, Definitely, again, we are positive proponents of the crypto industry. We believe everything that the SEC is doing, are doing what they need to do in terms of enforcing securities laws. We do approve and support more clarity, more regulation, more official rules for token issuers to follow, whether it be launching a security token or otherwise. But for now, get all the latest and greatest compliant tokens at securitytokenmarketstm.co. You can find all the latest trading information, all the latest news. You can find everything. It's your one-stop shop for security tokens. Thank you so much for watching. Please like, subscribe, share this around to anybody that you think needs to see it. It really helps us with the algorithm, making sure more people see and learn the gospel of security tokens. And with that, We'll talk to you next week. Happy tokenizing.